Well, hello, Sarah. Hi, How's it going? It's good. I'm so happy because yeah. you're in New York. Yeah, in we're, New York, we're, we're together in my again. In New York. Wild. So, everyone, welcome back to the Soul Project. I'm McCallan, and I'm the one that's kind of guiding us through this adventure. Um, and today we are with one of my best friends, Sarah Shaftel. Um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> You know what's so funny? My maiden name is Shaw, and my mother, my own mother to this day, she's like, the Shuftals. Like, she doesn't know how to say my last name. It's so funny. So, you're in, you're in good company. Good company, because yes. I've also only ever, like, really read it. I think I've heard you say it, like, once. So. Yeah, yeah. And I've only been married a year, and I was so. very old school and changed my last name, which and I know so. a lot of people don't do these days, which I totally understand, too. But I also love, like, kind of the family unit. I love the family unit, too. And um, my mom changed her name when she got married, and so we all had the same last name. So, I kind of had that in my in my brain when we got married, but... I also will always be Sarah Shaw, so. Sass. At I'll, least I'll, Sass. Still. Sass stayed the same. Sass stayed yeah, it the did. same, which is good. But, um, so today, so this is like our first, obviously, conversation that we're having. But um, I, so Sarah and I, we, I honestly don't remember, like, the, actually, I remember very clearly. I remember very we clearly. became friends. Yeah, I do, too. You were, we used to work together for this juice company, and you were walking out of the bathroom, and I was just like, I don't know, I like Sarah, I'm just going to ask her, and then from then on, we've been friends. Yeah. What was it you and asked me? You asked me something very specific. It was like... It was very specific about, like career or adult or Right, you were, I, oh, right, that's right. We were, you were with another coworker, and you asked, like... We, we just started talking about, like, life trajectory, kind of, in the yeah. sense that, like, we were both working at the same company. What was sort of the, like, steps you could take within the company? How did we envision our lives? And it just, like, could have been a really shallow, not shallow, but it could have been a very surface-level conversation about our jobs and where we worked and, like, that was it. But we had this, like, instant connection and talked about, like, more, much deeper things about, like, our future and kind of like what we want from a career and like want that to look and like what and we want out of life and what what's important to us as human beings and stuff like that and it was just like i remember that so clearly i do like, too um and so then since then we've it's been, been best friends since best that friends, moment i know crazy it's really special and so there are just people you find in this world that it's like hi yeah mine again yes um so First off, we yeah. both love Oprah. We, so, we freaking love Oprah. I've <laughs> been watching Oprah a lot recently. Um, you have been. You've been on a real Oprah kick. I've been on it, like, and I've just been sending She's the queen way. of soul, though. Like, she really is. She, like, from the beginning of her show, she's been, or her, like, the Oprah show back when it was, like, on TV, like, yeah. an, on regular network TV, television, she's been talking about, like, how to live your life in a meaningful way. And how are you aware of, like, the fact that you are energy and, like, that you can help contribute to someone else's and someone else's story and, like, what kind of impact can you have on the world? And so totally. I just always found that very interesting. But um, kind of leading into that, what was kind of where – how did we get here? With Right. Like, we'll, we'll, let, we'll back up. We'll back right. up. Okay. So kind cool. of what's the basis of – kind of who you are like did you grow up in a 
religious household? Why is spirituality, why is religion talked about? Why is this fact that where we both landed now that life, there is like a bigger purpose in life and that we have like, we're working so hard to find it and tap into it. And um, was that discussed? Like what kind of was that shaped like? So I grew up um, in Evanston, Illinois, and I have, you know, my, it was my parents and my three siblings. So there was four of us. I'm number two of four. It's my sister and then me, and then I have two younger brothers. Um, Very traditional household in the sense that like my dad was the main financial provider in our household. My mom worked part-time, but she mostly raised us. Um, I had a really idyllic childhood, I feel like. I remember it with such fondness. Like, it was very much, like, pre-cell phone situation where, like, we, my mom would, in the summers, would be like, go outside, play outside, don't come back until it's dinner, <laughs> that kind of situation. Um, or, like, you know. So, so I, had a, I feel like I had a really idyllic, really healthy happy childhood um that being said we didn't really have really i should say we didn't have religion in our household technically both of my parents are catholic and so i think to um i don't know maybe just from tradition or whatever maybe to please their their parents i don't know all of um their children were baptized in the catholic church so technically i'm bad i was baptized okay my parents were not into church they were not into it they both had had um I think bad relationship, bad experiences uh, with Catholic schooling growing up, you know, with like nuns and hitting them and like all that stuff. I just think like it wasn't a great experience. So they also love to bike ride. My parents are big, big um, mind body people. So on Sunday mornings, they would always say like, we didn't want to go to church. We wanted to ride our bikes. And they would go on like these long bike rides, which I thought was really cool. I love that. I love that, right? Um, So technically I was baptized. I think I probably went to church like... I don't know, maybe like four times. I think before I ended so up going to college. So it wasn't even really even like the like Christmas. Even Easter on Christmas, situation. we wouldn't go. No, no. Still, okay. And like we would celebrate Christmas every year, which we loved. Mm-hmm. I mean, but it was all it about wasn't. like family and tradition and the tree and stockings. It wasn't really like about Christ's birthday in any way. Okay. Um, yeah, but at the same time, my mom also. And my dad, too. But I feel like mostly my mom would talk about, like, God. Like, I, I knew what kind of, like, the idea of God was, you know. And I, I had um, an aunt we were all very close to. My mom's sister passed away when I was 10, 9 or 10. And, um, you know, we talked about, like, heaven and God and what happens when you die. So, like, there was some spirituality. But I think, you know, my mom specifically is a sort of more spiritual person, but not super consciously. It's kind of like baked into who she is. Okay. You know what I mean? Yes. So like, I'm trying to think of an example where she'd be like, you know, if it's meant to be, it'll be. You know, she would just, that was like kind of her attitude. And then now that I'm an adult and I think back on her saying that, like I would audition for a play and like, would I get the role, you know? And now when I think back on her saying it, it's oh, that's kind of like her having faith. You know, that's kind of like her saying there's a plan, you know? So do you think with her that it was less like in tune with it and more just like, like you said, it was like baked into her. So it was just kind of like, this is the way she exists, but she's not going to really spend tons of time like, analyzing like correct oh this is it totally okay. that's how I feel I mean mm-hmm. if I asked her maybe she would feel differently feel differently but, but but generally speaking that's how I that's how I feel and it was like 
like. So, Great. yeah. Amazing. Yeah. So then through, like, when did you... So that was childhood, yeah. That was, like, early life. Yeah, okay. yeah. Um, so with that, then kind of when did you first start honing in on, like, this that I am energy and like yes. I'm connected yes, to something yes, that's yes, bigger yes. than me kind of right. so, whatever was right. it in college was it like were there things that happened ever in childhood that it was kind of like oh I feel this way or like I feel can like feel some of those feelings or was it childhood was great ideal picturesque and it wasn't talked about, and then it was more once you got onto your own, like right. went to college or. Right. I definitely think my childhood, I felt more of a spiritual connection. Like a lot of times, I'd have a hard time going to sleep, so like I'd have an angel I put under my pillow, and I felt like a little bit more connected as a child. Then I got to high school and college, and um, my brain just like went to drinking and boys basically and like those were my focuses that's really all I cared about very I mean I had a bunch of friends who I loved about I loved and right. wanted to be with constantly and we were all like best friends and blah, 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 in high school and in college um so I don't want to say like it was totally me 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 but like my priorities were like hanging out with my friends being with whatever boy I was with at the time and like how can I get drunk basically were my priorities and essentially I want like that was high school and college it was like a solid eight years of my life okay so any any connection to stuff more than that was kind of lost and and I was like it's sort of embarrassing to say that because I mean that's from age really like 14 to 21 basically like I was those seven to eight years <clears throat> were I know some now in at this point in my life, like I know some, I mean, you're 22. Two. So, yes, and I'm, and I'm like, wait, how old are you? So I'm, I'm 29. I'll be 30 in November. So, you know, and when I met you, you were 20. You weren't even 21 yet. Yeah. You were like 19 20. or 20. Yeah. yeah. And like, you it's were just crazy. like, you were leaps and bounds in front of where I was of, in terms of understanding like the bigger picture of like life and the world and so so now when I look back on it I'm like wow those years were so um they weren't wasted I had a ton of fun I learned a lot about myself but they were definitely I was definitely not connected into anything more than myself and my little world of of like stuff yeah mm -hmm. um do you think though that that like into a part of how you got to where you are now and that yeah. it was that if you hadn't done that that you wouldn't have taken certain lessons or priorities of life into where you are now yes yeah, so one I think the biggest things I learned in college was how <clears throat> connected my mind body soul are and especially my senior year I um I had been abroad my junior year. I was in South Africa. I was in Cape Town and had totally had a spiritual awakening there. That's where I had my first spiritual okay. awakening. I was in South Africa. I was, I felt like I was reborn. I was, I went to school in Champaign-Urbana, surrounded by cornfields. Like I said, like all we did was drink. There wasn't a lot of culture. Field party. Yeah. Like it would, there was not a lot happening. There was not a lot going on. So really like my friends and I would just get drunk basically. Which was fun. We had a lot of fun. I don't mean yeah. to be passing judgment on like partying in college. It was a great 
freaking time. We have right. hilarious memories. But it wasn't meaningful. It wasn't fulfilling. And to be honest with you, physically, it made me feel like shit. My yeah. behavior didn't really make me feel like shit. Like, I didn't do anything too risky or anything, thank goodness, like, for me, because that would have been a real mess. But, like, physically, I felt terrible. I was heavier. I was dehydrated. I was swollen. I was, I was not... I was tired all the time. Like, I, my appetite was all messed up. Like, I was so off. And I feel like when you're in a situation like that or um, when you drink even, like, as an adult, like, every night for, like, a week or two or whatever, that you – it just kind of throws off your, like, being it of – totally like, throws off your being. You just feel like, wow, I feel like I've aged, like, a year in, like, the last two weeks and, like, this is not – this isn't this doesn't feel like it, I'm in the flow right right and it doesn't feel like and like you said there's so many fun things that happen with it and like a hundred percent like hilarious memories my yes best nights like most fun that I look back on are like nights that I don't remember the end right but right it's still yeah like you're not connected to the flow and you're I think it takes a minute to realize that that can interfere with your mind-body connection. Totally. That it's like, it took me a minute. There is, like, so you're like, oh, no, like, it doesn't actually do much. Like, I'm fine the next day. I can wake up and, like, go to class or, like, go to work or do whatever. But then once you stop and then it's kind of like, oh, no, like, look, there's this I'm more productive or feel better. Like, just have a better clarity. <sighs> yes. It's very – it's an, like, interesting thing. Yeah, so, yeah. It's like it clicks in eventually. So, I yeah. I think everyone goes through, like, a period, like, ebbs and flows just throughout life. Or, like, totally, totally. So so I was, like, heavy drinking, heavy into that whole thing, and um, <clears throat> went to South Africa, met a friend who I was living with, also an American. Her name is Madeline. She's definitely one of, like, my – I look back and, like, think of, like, angels, you know, who have helped me. And she was definitely, like, one of my first angels who really was, like – didn't really, wasn't really a drinker. Didn't, she kind of like gave me the freedom, like gave me the space and the opportunity to say, oh, I don't want to drink. I don't want to drink myself into oblivion tonight. Like maybe I'll stay home and hang out with Madeline and we'll cook dinner and like be goofy. You know, like we just, I really, and I had the, I had a friend and the opportunity to stop drinking for a second or definitely stop partying, I should mm-hmm. say. It's not like we like never had wine or whatever. And then I was also living with um, a Mormon girl in South Africa. And so it was me, Madeline, um, who was, you know, like me, not particularly religious, whatever, but um, didn't really drink much. And then there was a Mormon girl who didn't drink at all. Okay. And there was a Muslim girl, like, who would wear a hijab, everything, who was another one of our friends who also didn't drink. And then there was another girl, Akia, who I love, who was a little bit more like Madeline and I, who... Um... Anyway, so we were this interesting group of girls that you know, we're all living a little bit differently, but it gave me space to sort of explore what it would be like to just be more in touch with myself and take that part away. Plus, I'm in South Africa, which is like, you know, I went from the literal cornfields of Illinois, like the actual like farmland, nothing, no, not even like rolling hills. No, like like flat corn. corn and soybeans, which love you, Champaign Urbana. There's lots of beautiful things and fun stuff to do there, but like, I went to South Africa, which was like the ocean to one side, stunning mountains on the other, like gorgeous sunshine, like 
a, a stunning city. It's like a European city. It's like right. all of these interesting people with this interesting history and, you know, the culture there all of a sudden, I felt like I was just awakened. Like I just had, I was just awakened and like I just felt a shift. That was my first shift okay. for sure. So then I came back to school senior year and I got really depressed because my friends were all drinking really heavily mm-hmm. again and I had just had this kind of like amazing experience in South Africa and then my sister came and met me we traveled around Southern Africa so um you know then I'm back in the cornfields of Illinois and I don't really want to drink I kind of feel out of step with my friends and I got really that was the first time I've ever dealt with depression in my life I got really depressed couldn't get out of bed basically I my friends would be like I just remember one night my friends were drinking at the house we all lived in a big house together and like getting ready to go out we'd all like try on our outfits and put our makeup on and like we'd be drinking and having fun it was like a huge really fun for everyone else but I could not I couldn't get out of bed I would be laying in bed like just so upset and my friends would come in and be like bless them they were so sweet a couple of them were like really concerned for me and they're like we got to figure out what's going on you know which is great that like you have like that there are those people. I totally have those too, people. Of, like yeah. Okay. What there's like this is this is off. Here. Yeah. This yeah. is off. So, and this is just something I've learned about myself in retrospect with a couple of times that I've dealt with like anxiety or depression, which um, is that when I am feeling that way, like I isolate and I actually don't want attention. And so when they would come to me, it was so sweet and they wanted to help me, but I didn't really like want to help myself yet. So. I didn't want the attention. I didn't want them. You know what I mean? I just wanted to go bury myself in my little hole. Right. So eventually, I was depressed, and and I couldn't figure out why I wasn't feeling good. And so eventually, this is the big change for me. I decided I was going to sign up for the marathon that was in my town. And wow, just like balls to the wall. I marathon. don't know what happened. I was like, I was like not running. I was not. I would make maybe run three miles every once in a while with like my roommates nothing major and then all of a sudden I was like I'm gonna it w- I mean I had a, some sort of spiritual epiphany that it was like I need to do this and it gave me structure because I had a strict training mm-hmm. schedule to, to work with it gave me structure I had to start fitting in these runs I had to fit them in whatever it gave me an excuse to not go out like before I was just like I didn't want to and I felt bad about not going out with my friends right. and drinking but now I was like no I have to wake up and run eight miles tomorrow like I'm gonna pass yeah. it gave me yeah. a real legitimate excuse mm-hmm. to not be partying and then like there's this like amazing thing called endorphins that change they make you happy girl like they do and for me it was such a brain chemistry thing that I was missing like I think my bot my brain was the chemistry was off and the running helped me so much and then also I fell in love I had a I fell in love with a boy my senior year and um that was a he's a big part of my story too actually but um, but anyway, so those sort of things brought me out of my depression and really gave me this new perspective into like, okay, here's how I feel okay. And here's how I give myself perspective. And here's how I realize that my mind and my body and, you know, therefore my soul are all connected. So then with that, going back to Af- when you were in Africa, yeah. did obviously one is just a scenery change which is it's like it's new it's exciting whatever but then were you when you were there since it was less about partying were you doing more physical activity of like 
getting out and going 100%. hiking, doing those things. 100%. Even just swimming in the ocean. I mean, I remember, you know, it's the Indian Ocean, so it's freezing. Um, but I just remember even going to, you know, getting out of the house, going to the beach, swimming in the ocean. You know, we didn't have cars. We took public transportation. Right. We walked everywhere. We did hikes. There's so many beautiful mountain ranges. Like, we did sunrise hikes. And we would, you know, it's just like, yeah. It's magical. It was magical. Yeah, that was huge. Absolutely. Um, And then was that one of the first times that you, like, being outside and being active outside was prevalent in your life? Like, growing up then? Like, you would talk about how your parents would go, like, instead of going to church, they'd rather go for their Sunday morning bike ride. Yeah. Would you guys go, too? And would it be a family affair? And, like, would you guys go camping? Would you do yes. those things? So, that was part of, like, the early on... Yeah, so I think what happened for me is, as a kid, it was, like I said with my mom, her spirituality is just kind of baked into who she right. is. As a kid... Activity and being active and being outside in the in nature was just baked into my childhood. Like it just, I didn't think about it. I didn't think about how it made me feel. I just was, and I I was always outside. I was always being active. We were riding our bikes. We were camping and hiking. And yes, we went to all the different national parks. We've been to like my parents. I love you. Thank you for giving me this gift. But we would road trip every summer to a different national park and we would camp as a family in tents and we would hike and it was amazing. amazing. It was amazing. And so I didn't think about how it made me feel, you know, until, so yes, like, and, 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 and therefore I was a very happy for the most part child and had a happy adolescence and I didn't, happy was just my normal so when I did get depressed in college I felt it felt so foreign to me because I had not dealt with any kind of of right like there was nothing talked about of like no no to deal with that no no and you know like I said I did isolate a little bit so like you know I didn't really talk to my parents about it or anyone really like no one really because it's also hard and I think like even so what 10 years ago yeah. Ish. Um, still the topic of being depressed and mental health and like the stigmas that kind of would circle around it. Oh my god, even in the last yeah where we Five were like years, raised of like you're in nowhere, Illinois, like even like in Chicago, like where it's a big city, like still not really like talked about tons. Like it like people totally see not. a shrink, but like that's no, and like, like my parents, weird. Yeah, like my, yeah, my parents, neither of them have spent a day, a minute in any kind of therapy. Like, it's just not what they grew up with in any way, shape, or form. You know, they're just of a different generation. Right. That, and, and to be fair, like, in, in college, I don't know if what I needed was a therapist. I don't know if what I needed was just, I don't know. I just needed, I just know that whatever... I was going, I look back and I'm like, okay, it happened all how it was supposed to because it really gave me the tools I needed at the time to learn how to take care of myself. Which is great. Yeah, which is everything. Which is everything. And I think it's hard, like, it's it's hard to do. Like, becoming an adult is hard. And I'm so grateful that it happened actually in college because, you know, at college is a bubble. Like, I could sleep through class and it was fine. I couldn't, like, you know, if it had happened even a year later – you can't like not go to work, right. you know. It's you know like, what I mean. You so so. I mean, college is such for me was such a like a blessing, blessing. because I didn't take school as seriously as I wish I had. But like I did, 
I was able to learn a lot. Still learning different kind of different learning, kind of which learning, but I was learning is still very vital. Yeah. And if anything, they're better lessons that one you could learn in a classroom totally. because there's something that you're going to use on a daily basis. Totally. So totally. Um, so yeah. That's. So then you brought up the boy. Yes. Yes. So. So I fell I fell in love with a boy who was um I mean if you've you know been in love before you know like how intoxicating it is and it's so funny I use that word because I was just talking about like how I didn't want to be actually intoxicated anymore <laughs> but like um different kind it was different, different kind but but, but it was such I felt so uh, how do you describe like that crazy love that you feel I just felt so light and and warm and happy and understood and seen and I just felt like finally something's making sense like so it was an amazing experience it was a really amazing experience he helped me so much in in feeling good again which Mm -hmm. was amazing and I'm grateful to him for that he was a big like drinker in a different way than I was with my friends. When I would go out with my right. friends, we'd like rip shots and go to the bar and like dance. And we were kind of like a loud, big part. We were loud and big partiers. Mm-hmm. He was a drinker who was quiet and subdued. And it was it was mixed with smoking weed. And it was very... Done in solitude almost. Done so in solitude. Kind exactly. Of like... Almost at the point where it was like, didn't realize like how much it was going on. Yes. So um, yeah, to make a long story short, we stayed together. I graduated college. He was... Was he older? No, he was my age. Okay. And um, it's complicated, but I was back in Chicago. I got a job. I moved out of my parents' house and he was down in Urbana finishing his um, degree. It took much longer than expected. So we were kind of in this long distance relationship. We would see each other on the weekends. When he finally graduated a couple years later... And moved to Chicago. He moved into my building. We both had apartments in the same building, which we thought was like not moving in together, but like basically. Right. Um, and I really got to see how much he was using drugs and alcohol on a daily basis, day to day. Because we were long distance, so I just really didn't know. No. And it was kind of like whatever is told to you is what you... Oh, right. I didn't even think to... I didn't even think, you know, and like if anyone's dealt with someone who's maybe had like a drug or alcohol problem, like you kind of know that like... A lot of times it's so such a part of their routine and who they are you can't even tell sometimes when it's people amazing. are drunk or high yeah you know and then all of a sudden there's conversations the next day about something we talked about last night and there's no memories there for the other person or they think you're crazy for saying no we talked about this um Anyways, the relation, I don't know how to wrap this up in a nice, succinct way because it's just ever so complicated, but... um, And I feel like, doesn't it still, in some way, shape, or form, play into, like, how we've arrived where we're at? Totally, 100%. And so it's still, even though not with that person anymore and very happily married and with Mm -hmm. a great guy. Yes. um, uh, Without a drinking problem. Without a drinking problem. (laughs) Um it still impacts the way that you view life, but then also how 
you handle the curveballs that are yes. thrown at you. A hundred percent. It's so instead of like figuring out how to wrap up the story because we just did on like where that went, but um more so like what was the defining moment in that relationship that was like I this isn't what I want. This can't isn't for me, right? And this isn't for me. But then kind of how am I gonna move forward and where while you were going through that because like we talked about a little earlier of how when you are constantly drinking and whatever, it's fun, great time and place, but it also clouds your inner light and your yes. mind-body yes. connection. Yes. So even though that you weren't necessarily the person that was the alcoholic or the drinking problem or the one, um, how was it still affecting your spiritual journey yeah and where kind of where did that I think of this one experience I had where he and I were meeting um a very good friend of mine my one of my best friends Dana and her then boyfriend we went to a brewery and we were all casually drinking very casually drinking but he drank was I thought I don't know. I, I wasn't keeping, I to be honest with you, I wasn't keeping track. But he ended up having a lot to drink that night, a lot. And we were trying to make our way home after we left the brewery. And this was up in Chicago. And um, we sort of started, he started getting mad at me for something um, on our walk home. And I think it was because I was like, I don't like how drunk you are. By the time we finally left, I was realized that he was... Gone, yeah. And and um, he was getting really upset with me. He would, like, walk, walk, like, just, it was dark. It was maybe, like, after midnight, and it's dark. We're in Chicago. He would, like, I couldn't tell if he was, like, trying to leave me behind or. But he was not, like, walking with you. He no, was, like, he was, like, trying like... to, like, get away from me, essentially. And he was, like, I was, like, do you see what you're doing? If you were in your right state of mind, like, you wouldn't be leaving me in the dark on the streets in Chicago right now. Like, and he basically like wasn't speaking to me. So I was so annoyed, whatever. We get back, we finally get back to my apartment and he wouldn't sleep in the bed with me. He was so mad at me that I was saying I didn't like that, how, how drunk he had gotten, that he refused to sleep with me um, in the same bed. And he slept on the couch. I woke up in the middle of the night to him like vomiting everywhere all over my apartment like on the coffee table and on his computer and um because he had had too much to drink i don't know it was like maybe now at this point like 2 30 in the morning and then like of course he like throws up and like falls right back to sleep throws up all over my apartment and then just falls right back to sleep on the sofa Done. so then i spend the next like Hour hours yeah hour to two hours like cleaning up, trying to salvage his computer that he barfed all over. You know what I mean? Like, I'm, like, turning it upside down. You know, I'm, like, letting it air. I'm just trying to, like, make sure it doesn't smell and I, you know, whatever. So I do this all. And the next morning he wakes up and he's like, why is my computer sitting like that in the kitchen? Because it was like, he had no no recollection, nothing. And I was like, oh, because you threw up all over everything and I spent hours cleaning up after you and like I don't know if you recall but like I was saying to you at the bar that like I think you had drinking too much and you were so mad at me for saying that that you had everything under control and like here is a very clear example of you not of you not and I think that was the first time I was like I 
don't want to deal with this. And after that, I feel like it was it was like a turning point where like he wanted to keep drinking, didn't want to address the problem. I thought that was such an obvious thing to address and like such a clear indication like there was some sort of problem happening. Right. And that he had to get under control. Like I don't think I ever had a conversation with him that was like you need to be sober or you need to whatever. But I think he just he also then got really depressed and started using drinking as you know a way to self soothe. Would it be then smoking, bringing weed, a lot of weed into the picture, smoking you know several times a day. He ended up getting he ended up moving to Chicago and getting a job at a brewery. He would definitely drink and drive. Like it was just a whole bunch of things where eventually I was like, oh, I really want to get married. I really want to have kids. This person is not in any place to give that to, to me. To do that. Yeah, yeah. Don't want him to be the father of my children. And it wasn't because I didn't. I loved him deeply. Like, I right. loved him so deeply. We were together for, like, three years. It wasn't from a lack of love. But it was definitely, like, a... Trajectory. Of trajectory life. that I was like, I am not going down that path. Like, no thank you. So, eventually, we, like did break up and I was just like listen I don't think we want the same things and you know then of course like we started fighting you know when a relationship's ending and you're realizing this isn't the right person for you like you argue more you do you know so and it's all it's not just like oh like break up and like away we go like lives are so very intertwined very intertwined and like even just like informing people like hello we're not together anymore like it's just it's a it, lot it's everyone a lot. for it, sure thought we were gonna get married everyone for sure thought that and no one knew to the extent to which he was had a in my in my opinion I cannot diagnose him I'm not a doctor but right. in my opinion how much his drinking was affecting me you know I don't th- and I don't think anyone had an idea how much he would drink or smoke weed so it would happen but I had so then the other thing that happened is I had a I have a very good friend of mine who I grew up with who also um went through a stage of very active um, drinking and drug abuse and so proud of her. She got sober, went into AA, started working the 12 steps, is sober to this day. It's been years now. I'm so proud of her. And we were together one morning. We were at like the gym or something. And um, I was sort of like all weird about this ex-boyfriend of mine feeling weird about breaking up and separating and thinking like maybe – we would get back together. Maybe if he just stops right. drinking, we'll be right for each other, whatever. And I was like, do you think I should go to Al-Anon? And a, a lot of people don't know what Al-Anon is. A lot of people have heard of AA, Alcoholics Anonymous, which is where people who have addiction problems go to get sober. Mm-hmm. Al-Anon is a program for friends and families of addicts and alcoholics. And you work the same 12 steps. It's a spiritual program. and um, But it's about recovering from your trauma being involved with in whatever way someone who has a drinking problem so be it your parent or your significant other or your sibling or your friend or whatever so I was like do you think I should go to Al-Anon and she was like I think that would be a good idea you know she was like hmm you know yeah like basically like yeah girl get your ass to now and I'm eating but like she was like hmm she was very political she was like hmm be a really good idea like I'll go with you if you wanted me to come to your first meeting so then I ended up in Al-Anon which was another spiritual awakening so kind of in between would you say that was like spiritual awakening number two spiritual awakening number two definitely um so then in between 
Cape Town, and then like after college, like Cape Town is number one, but this is number two. So in the middle, will you then kind of address like how end of college went, like that? Then with the boy, was there in that was there still kind of searching for what you had felt and found in Cape Town? But it wasn't necessarily what you were putting, like, more energy into because there was also all of this happening. Yeah, I think, or yes. you weren't with, like, a partner that was also pushing you or, like, supporting you and totally. finding it. Totally, or, totally. So was, like, did it almost come, did Al-Anon almost come in hand with, like, the fact of, like, for you, because obviously you do for you, but, like, for you to be like, hello again, like, there's this part of you that has been forgotten about or like not tended to not yes. for the last couple years. Yes. Was yeah. that would you say yes or no? Totally. So here's what I here's what I'm thinking as you're saying that is like in Cape Town I had this total spiritual awakening that brought me to um, that I was able to take with me back home to some degree and um, knew that that level of feeling balanced and alive and fulfilled was possible and I was getting that through so many different things when it comes to travel you know anyone who's traveled kind of has experienced that probably spiritual awakening and so when I got back to Illinois I don't know consciously I don't know how much was I thinking like how can I replicate that Mm -hmm. but I definitely knew that like there were things I could do that would help me feel joyful and balanced and more in and more good, basically. Like, right. and so that was running the marathon. That was like being being in love and nurturing a relationship. Mm-hmm. Nurturing a relationship feels wonderful. Being a good friend or being a good girlfriend or boyfriend to a partner, being a good aunt or uncle or niece or nephew, or being a good daughter to your parents. All of those things for me have been really spiritually fulfilling. Like God is in relationships. I think God or whatever right, we want right. to call it, spirituality. So, so those things were all really good. But the thing I was missing that Al-Anon brought me was my relationship with myself. Like, I think that that was a huge thing that was missing. And in Al-Anon, I all of a sudden was focusing on me and not my relationship with the alcoholic, not my relationship with my parents. I mean, your relationships are, you know, a big part of who you are and a big part of, like, you know, your happiness and your spirituality. But, like, it's about you you know what I mean Mm -hmm. and um how do you take care and nurture yourself and your spirit and does that answer your question yes so I think there was like the initial spiritual awakening it was very much like oh mind body like these things are connected and kind of like that like this is a possibility this is possible for me this level of vibrating is possible for me Yes. And then Al-Anon was more the part that gave you the tools. Like, the kind of the tools to do that into No matter where you are. Because it's an been... inside job. It's an inside job. It doesn't matter. Not to say environment isn't very important and like now I'm in New York and it has definitely changed my environment and that does affect my mental and spiritual well-being certainly, which we can get into or not, but um but no matter where you are, you can do things to nurture your soul. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and that's what Al-Anon gave me. And Al-Anon is a spiritual program. You know, it's a, it's the same 12-step program that, you know, 
Alcoholics Anonymous, mm-hmm. Overeaters Anonymous, Sex and Love Addicts, Addicts Anonymous, all pretty much use the same 12-step program. Right. So it's a spiritual program. You have to, you know, have an understanding of God. You know, it doesn't, they don't give you parameters on what that is. And so going into it, God wasn't necessarily like a defined being for what in your life up until this point, right? Yep. How did you go about defining God? Was there like one aha moment? I had a really tough time. Hey, this is it. Um, Or was it more of a started feeling it or seeing it in multiple different ways? Also, do you like the word God? Like some people, you know, like really like the, like the capital G-O-D word and right. like that is something that they really connect with other people I know don't and that they prefer like Allah or the universe or a higher power or the great some, the there's so many things the architect of the universe yeah. whatever it may be um, yeah. but yeah so I had a really hard time with God I don't even know if I believed in God when I went into Alan no idea I had a really amazing member of the program talked to me after one of the meetings that I was going to and I was telling her I was having a hard time like really leaning into the program despite it feeling right me being there felt really right but I was like I don't know if I can work these steps like God I don't know how I feel about God God is weird like God and is was that your biggest hang up and like that was a big hang up for me was that it big was hang up for kind me of like, I, don't I was like why. God what and she was like um she was so cool she was like just try going to like um, a card store where you get like cards, like a paper source or whatever. She was like, find a little card that's meaningful for you. Write down the word higher power in it and then kind of make that your higher power just for for now mm-hmm. and see how that is. And I was like, this is weird, but I did it. I don't know why. I don't know how I had the foresight to just say, okay, I'm going to trust and do this. But I did and I went to a, I went to a, the, like a paper source and I saw a card that said everything you can imagine is real and I was like that's that spoke to me what a great sentence I know I think Pablo Picasso said it I think it was like a quote from like I think I should know this it was my higher power for a moment but um, it was amazing and I had a bulletin board in my kitchen at the time and I hung it up and I would just all of a sudden I felt like this spiritual presence in my home it felt good and from and then my understanding of God grew and and God also I also I think that word is so heavy like it's such a heavy word it means so many different things to different people when I say God I mean higher power I mean architect of the universe I mean spirituality like I mean right. all those things it's right. just short for me it's shorthand and it doesn't really it doesn't bother me when people use it, you know, because I think it's just, it's like saying, you know, let's get some food. You know what I mean? You're just, that's all, just acknowledging that like you need to put some sustenance into your body. Like you don't have to say, let's eat breakfast, let's have cereal, let's go to, you know, it's Not like. Not making it like super specific about like what the meal yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, it's just like we need like, food to live. You know what I mean? Like I need god or spirituality or a higher power to function to feel good yes so that's kind of that that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um and i think that now after all these you know and so now i've been in al-anon for 
almost over five years now, and I've been um, really actively expanding my concept of spirituality mm-hmm. for however many years now. Now, if you ask me, like, what is God? What is spirituality? I don't even know. It's so many different things on so many different days, and I'm in such a place of not knowing. Not, I don't, I don't know. Don't know, like, what your spirituality looks like or what, like, God looks like in or how, like, it plays a life or a part in your life. Or... Yeah, yeah, I think that a lot of God or spirituality to me is just being because on any given day, I can feel super connected to my spirituality. Mm-hmm. I can feel super connected to God. And then I can also feel totally unconnected, totally like alone, alone, feeling like this world is random and there's everything's just chance. Mm-hmm. And so this past summer, I unexpectedly, I can't believe I'm going to say this, but I unexpectedly got pregnant and I was... Um, my husband and I, Zach, were so happy and excited and we ended up miscarrying and losing the pregnancy. And it was so awful. I mean, a life defining moment. It was so, I cannot express how heartbreaking it was. It was, and it brought up all kinds of old shit that I thought I had let let go of, you know, Mm -hmm. like I thought that I was, you know, I thought I was like spiritually on another level, mm-hmm. you know? And in those moments, I'm like, there's no reason this is happening. There's right. no greater plan. That's fucking bullshit. And I'm sad and miserable. And why did this happen to me? And like, I, you know, got victimy. And I think that was totally fair. Like, I think to now looking back on that experience, like that was totally reasonable. And that was just me being. Mm-hmm. That was just me being. And that was, and I don't know where the spirituality is in that. So all of this to say, like on a good day, I feel like I know what God is and I feel like I I can feel it and I can tap into it and I can nurture it. And on a bad day when I'm really devastated, it's fucking hard to get there. And is there anger behind it? Is there like kind of, is it... Is it hard to get there as in, like, I just don't think that this exists? Or is it, ang- like, is there anger behind it yeah. as into, like, anger into God, into the universe, into, like, I why think there's is this more, happening to me? I think there's me? more like, anxiety about it. Like, I think it's more for me where I slip into, oh, if I'm journaling every morning and if I'm being grateful and I'm nurturing my relationships and if I'm doing all these things that are good like if you're checking the box if I'm checking the boxes then then life should go in a certain way and to feel totally out of control and feel like oh it doesn't matter if I'm writing my gratitude lists Mm -hmm. and telling people I love them and meditating and going for runs without headphones so I can have my thoughts and my prayers while during that t- doesn't it doesn't matter if you do all that shit you're gonna lose a pregnancy you're gonna have a family member who gets sick you're gonna 
experience loss and heartache and trouble, it doesn't matter. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I think I've lived such an easy privileged life. Like it's been, I mean, comparatively, Mm -hmm. which, and we shouldn't compare and everyone has their heartbreak and their trauma and whatever. But I've gotten off so easy. Knock on wood, my, I have not experienced a lot of tragedy. Mm-hmm. And so I think I got, I do think part of it was, I don't know, like that's what I mean. Like I guess I just don't know. But I, I do feel like sometimes I slip into this thing where like if I'm doing the right spiritual, quote unquote right spiritual things, my life will unfold in a way that I want it to. Right. As opposed to into the way that it will. Exactly. Do you believe that there's an overarching plan for your life? But do you believe, like, fucking most cliche sentence ever, but, like, that all things, like, happen for a reason? Right. And that, like, I do don't you... believe, I don't know if I believe that anymore, to be honest. I think that, I think, think I used to think that, I think that changed this summer. Okay. I think this summer was another spiritual awakening of some kind where things got muddier in a way, but also, that's fine. But I think that now, there is a greater plan for my life in the mm-hmm. sense that, okay, if if I decide I want to have children, I'll have children. Mm-hmm. Will it be through me? Will it be through adoption? Will it be through fostering children? Will it be through surrogacy? Like, you know what I mean? But I just mean like, I decide the greater plan for my life in, in a sense. You right. know, not that... God or the universe decides for me necessarily. And if I can accept that, that like I plan my own life to a certain degree, meaning like I want to, Zach and I, my husband want to make the choice to have a family. We want to have children. That is like we're going to. So we're going to do it. I don't know how it will look. I don't know who will be in the picture. I don't know any of that. But if I can accept that, accept the unknown, then I can f- make really meaningful spiritual connections along the way, whichever way we take. I mean, I kind of think of that as like the free will part, part baked of into life. it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. And then sometimes I think things definitely always happen for a reason because like how did I end up with my husband and how did I end up meeting you? And, you know, it's just so... Other times you do like meet soulmates along the way and you say like this couldn't possibly be by chance. So it's, it's, you know, ask me on any different day and you'll get a different answer. But that's sort of how I feel today. I don't know if that makes any sense. It makes great sense. And I think that that's also um, part of the beauty Mm -hmm. of not having such a defined this is what it should look like and um we can get into this later today more but of like growing up in an incredibly religious household and in a a religious environment that it was like I did yeah and that it was it's you have to like read your Bible, pray hard, like do all of these things. And I have seen so many people have things happen to them mm. that ha- have been like, what the fuck? Mm. Like, 
like kind of like you were saying tragedy like, or trauma I yeah crossed all my t's and dotted my eyes like why is this still happening yeah um and in that case i feel like what they do is it's like is that then it just results into anger because it's like what the fuck i've been doing everything that i'm supposed to be doing like why isn't this happening instead of more of a there's anger in it but it's more just it's not so direct at one thing or at your at the end of the day like it's my opinion that your spirituality kind of is where you throw all of your non-negotiables for who you are as a person and like what you believe in and like being a good person like being is where a lot of that's drawn from and so that it doesn't throw the anger to that it's like okay this is a season in my life that's really really hard and this is what I believe because of these past experiences but now a whole new set of things are happening of and so where am I going to go from here like right. how like almost how can I start back at ground yeah. zero yeah and move forward yeah so yeah and I think too the other thing that I'm sort of leaning into right now is like the universe is actually inside you. Yeah. And 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 instead of thinking like the universe is kind of like giving you opportunities or um and you sort of have to figure out the right ones to take or whatever, your practice and your you're creating opportunities for yourself and you have a choice as to what path you take. I don't know if that makes sense, but it's just it's all it's also like I do like to use the word faith because I do think like there is an element of just like having faith mm-hmm. that like the sun will rise tomorrow, you will wake up, you will write your gratitude list, you will go for a run, you will go to work and focus on that. You know what I mean? And like life will go on and there will be more. There will be more highs, there will be more lows. There will be more choices to be made, and isn't that kind of everything working out how it's supposed to? Like, isn't that just... It's giving... It's the... It's the... You have an opportunity... You're given the opportunity to create a whole new set of choices and a whole new set of beliefs every single day. Yeah. And And if you... And if you have faith that things will work out, then you'll just get up and you'll do them. And you'll do it. And that half of it is, like you were saying, of, like, I want a family and that you, like, there will be work that goes into that. Yes. But that it also, like you said, if I can just be okay with, I don't necessarily know what kind of work that's going to look like. Right. I just know that it is. Right. Going to happen. Right. Yeah, and it's hard some days, and other days it's easier, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. What else? Anything? I don't know. I'm, you know what's going to happen is we're going to be together for the next, like, 48 hours, and I'm going to be... Like, I'm going to be like, why did I see this? Why did I... Let's go back. Let's say that. Let's do that. What's this? But I really do want to have... I don't know. I mean, I know you just started this podcast, and I'm like so happy I'm on it. Oh my god! Yes. But um, but 
I don't know if people know your... I mean, I know you gave a little introduction, but I don't know if people know, like, your full story. My whole... Yeah, I mean, I know it's a journey. It is a journey, and that's, like, that's part of the big reason why I'm starting this is because, like... You've done so much of this work. I've done so much to get to the point where I'm at that was really hard and looked very different than what I ever thought it was going to look like. Right. Yeah. So let's have a so, conversation about. I, w- I mean, I if you don't mind, I would love to reverse our roles. Reverse the roles, and you can. Do you mind? Yes, let's do it. Let's okay, I think everyone, it. if people are listening, I do think they would love. To, I mean, people, have a more in-depth story about your journey. Uh-huh. Yeah, and like what's brought you to like this, and why you're so interested in hearing from other people, and, and you know, you're like still continuing to learn. Yeah, from other people's yeah, stories. and I'm sure if I left anything out, then it can come up a little bit in that yeah. conversation. <laughs> <laughs> think about if I think it, about I think it, about it soul cycle and, yeah. yeah, yeah. But thanks, Kellen. Thank you so much for sharing all that you did. Um, you've just been one of the biggest like blessings in my life the Same. last two years. Same. And Same. I've felt like I've we didn't even talk. Yeah, yeah, we didn't even talk about like all the different ways we spe- we practice our spirituality and some of the things we believe in now. But mm-hmm. one of but, which is like reincarnation mm-hmm. and how many lives we've had and where our past lives were and for all you listening Callan and I are soulmates yes. and we have been together in previous lives before Very many many so. times yeah mm-hmm. which has definitely helped with our Bond like initial. instant connection like it would there was no oh let's get to know each other period it was like immediate trusting loving relationship and like talking about like the hard Shit. Yes. Like, I remember we were standing in anthropology and you're like, so I'm going to In the married. store anthropology. Oh, yes. Yeah. In the store anthropology. And um, it was like, oh, so Zach's applying for jobs in New York and I'm going with him. And then you just, we're in the sales section and you just stop and you're like, I wasn't supposed to say that. But, <laughs> <laughs> okay. But I know that happens to you a lot where people tell you things. Yeah. yeah you have like favorite. a, yeah. Oh my God. And I didn't even, I didn't even talk about how then I met Zach and had to, after understanding, like going through this deep process of understanding my own spirituality, then I had to convert religions Which, and I became a Jew to marry him. And not only did you do that and oh my gosh, that time of your life, that was wow. an intense time. That period. was an intense time of quitting your job. Yeah, quit my job. Of three years, right? Yep. At a startup that yeah, was... I was like an integral part of, in my opinion. Huge, huge, huge <laughs> part of getting yeah. it to the point that it got to. Um, like, almost breaking up, getting engaged, quitting your job. Converting, converting religion, getting married, and then moving to New York yeah, City. Yeah, that was like so, a massive wild like nine ride. months. Yes. So, which is just like crazy, insane to think about. That yeah, but that. I definitely do. I mean, it's so interesting that like I had that whole spiritual journey of like converting to Judaism, but like, and it was a spiritual journey, but gratefully, it was very additive to my spirituality, and it that was more about like religion. You know what I mean? Which I think are two totally different things. Two completely, completely different Completely things. different things. And I was so lucky that, like, I didn't, like, I was not a follower of Christ. So, like, I didn't have to, like, give up Jesus Christ as my savior when I converted. Like, mm-hmm. it was just like, oh, here's my spirituality. Here's how I practice in, like, a 12-step program and on my own. And then just And applying it to, to a religious of yes. documentation. Right, right. That, that, you know, I 
there's there's tools in that Judaism toolbox that I do really like and take with me sometimes, and then you know sometimes I don't, and that's fine. And I think that's also the beautiful thing about one of the beautiful things about religion is that there there is some good stuff in there. There's uh, some good stuff in there, and, and if you're also, with the right. Um, if you're with like-minded individuals, then you're able to sift through the bullshit that exists. So much bullshit that exists. Yes, and the like, weed your way through all the red tape that exists around it. That yes. you can find yes. those great things. Yes, and it's it's something that like even with my Christian background, that I there's still things that I pull out of like my toolbox of like, here's this like yes that yes. I, yeah, it's cool because yeah, because cool. It's so cool now. I can pull from a twelve-step program. I can pull from Judaism. I can pull from the Artist's Way, which is like a creative spiritual program I'm doing with a couple of friends right now. Like, I, I can pull from reincarnation and Buddhism. You know, like there's so many different things that make my own mishmash way of, you know, navigating, navigating the world. The world yeah, yeah, and it all works. And I feel like we often talk about like there's not like. Plan A, like, is never going to work. But Planning's not going to work. But maybe Plan H will. But the beautiful thing is it's, like, through all of those plans, you're going to find something. So kind of like each religion, right. like, right. it's a plan. Right. So then by the end of it, you have a... Your own thing. You can write your own story. Right. Which right. is yeah. glorious. Yeah, I know. That was, like, the, that whole missing piece of, like, me being a Jew. But I also don't feel like it's being Jewish is a big part of my spirituality. My spirituality is so much more than that. So, so that's kind of why I got that. brushed it's kind over. Of like, it's a, a, I will I, say, yeah, what were you going to say? You. I will say that um, in that experience of converting before Zach and I got married, um, because religion was very important to him and his family. Um, and is I, it important to them in the, in a more because this is the super fascinating thing about Judaism is that it's also it's like a group of people but it's also a religion. Right. So it, right, it's like a race and a religion. religion. Yeah, it's, it's a little like, weird. It's yeah. a little wild in yeah. that aspect. So that there are Jews that are like they're just Jewish and that's right. that culturally they're kinda, culturally yeah. But then there are Jews that aren't cultural or like or like there's different race. cultures. There's different like like. Judaism is so interesting and complex because, like, there's there's just, like, the religion. And there's all the different sects of Judaism. So, like, there's Orthodox, there's Hasidic, there's Conservative, there's Reform, there's... So many I, I'm personally, like, consider myself a Reconstructionalist Jew. That's the... I, I converted with a Reconstructionalist rabbi in Evanston who was an incredible, incredible teacher and spiritual leader for me. So I did get a lot of spiritual growth out of conversion because of her specifically. Um, But anyways. So the question behind that was, is, was converting to Judaism more of a like cultural thing? Because like Zach and his family, like it's like ingrained and like this is it. Or was it more because it's the religious side of it. You know what? It's so funny too because especially now in where his family's at right now with their religious practice and their things, like, I think it was cultural and religious. Like, I think to so many Jewish people, the, um, even just like the Holocaust and World War II is still so, Mm -hmm. 
recent trauma on such a massive scale that mm-hmm. like the religion and the, re- the religiousness of it is very important and they want to see that preserved mm-hmm. and understood and protected for years to come. So like I understand that on that level. And then I also think there was like a part of, and sorry Melanie and Max if you ever hear this, but like I also think there was a part of it that was like what makes them comfortable basically they didn't they it's were so box. they were so uncomfortable with their one of their sons not marrying someone who was jewish you know what i mean like for whatever reason maybe maybe it was religious and what kind of like you know wanting to preserve it and maybe mm-hmm. it was also a touch of wanting to feel like you know their own their own issues wanting to feel like they raised people who where judaism was important to their sons. Mm-hmm. They wanted to feel that way. Like that makes them feel good. I think there's a whole lot of layers to to it. That aspect of how you know, Judaism like I think maybe there was some ego involved in it, and it wasn't just which is uh, it's so human. I don't mean to say that in a judgmental way. It's a very human thing to feel and whatever. And I don't. I I didn't feel when I was going through it like it was unconditional love you know I felt like it was a little bit conditional kind which was like, a tough thing to deal with but and almost like it's happening so we can get married it was just a little and yeah little. yeah it was a little uh-huh. um not necessarily fully by choice yeah I felt like, like a little choice, bit like I like was like little, okay I you know and we talked about this too that being in a relationship is making sacrifices it is about is making sacrifices someone that you love so much in the middle yes. and being like this is something that like there are things that he's gonna do for you and meet you where you're at yes. and like this is a place that you I can were, go you had yeah. the brain capacity you had then also the underlying spiritual capacity to still find the experience and learn from it and be like this is where I can meet you right it's great yeah so now when people ask me like oh you're Jewish you know, I could just say yes because I am and I converted and I am Jewish, but like it's such a more complicated answer like, than that. I'm yes, like, well, but... I converted. I converted for my husband. It was out of love and, you know, mm-hmm. and um, also I'm not deeply religious. I am, I do consider myself spiritual. And there's that difference. Yeah. Um, super kind of random question. What do you guys have a Christmas tree? So actually, this is the conversation that um, started out our big um, fight, big, big blowout fight um, when we moved in together. When we first moved in together, we moved in together in like August or September. And then, of course, December rolls around <laughs> and Sarah wants a Christmas tree. And Zach was very, very uncomfortable with that. Very uncomfortable. And I think how he explained it to me was that like, Christmas is everywhere. Christmas is everywhere. Literally, you walk around. Do it we have like you can't? You escape cannot escape Christmas. Christmas from November first to January first. You can't escape United it, cities. right? So, do we have to bring Christmas into the home? This is a Jewish home. I'm a Jewish person. That's kind of like encroaching on my Jewish space. And I was like, well, what about my? You know, Christmas in my family is like in most people who grew up with you know, not Jewish or, you know, in a Christian, some sort of Christian faith, whatever, some however sort of flexible, like anything, or, right, any kind like, of Christian or non-denominational anything, you just kind of celebrate Christmas and Christmas is such a representation of 
so much love and like family and tradition and you take out there and like the good, the, the bad, and the ugly, like all of it. It's just so it's such a it can be such for a lot of people a special time of year. So I know people will understand that. But you know, I was kind of like, well, what you know, what about all that for me? And it really got us into the conversation about, oh man, if we're gonna be together, what is this gonna look like? And as of now, in all the years that we've lived together, which has been I don't know three? how many I don't know how many now that we've lived yeah. we've been married for a year. We're yeah, like probably three. We've never had a Christmas tree. We've now we've never celebrated Christmas in our house. And mm. you know, the last three years it's been okay and I've gotten plenty of Christmas fixes elsewhere. And I'm not committed to never having Christmas in our home. You know, I think Zach has, feels differently about it today. And I think I feel differently. I think we feel differently about it every year that it happens. And we're, our plan is just take it one year at a time. Finding it, yeah. Yeah. And the great thing is, right. The great thing is, is that Zach is very open to celebrating Christmas with Christian people, you know, so like he and like with your family and like so he's like very Christmas. comfortable going to my parents' house for Christmas and celebrating because it's that it's my family's thing, you know, mm-hmm. and that's fine. And like we learned about this in conversion class where they gave an excellent example of saying like you don't, you know, people were like, what do you do when you have kids and don't they get confused? And you know, the lady teaching the class around Christmas specifically, you know, in the tension there when you're converting or for Jewish families, is that like you can go to another person's birthday party and celebrate and enjoy and and be happy that you're there and without being confused that, it, is it my birthday? You know what I right. mean? Like you can, as a Jewish person or as a, having a Jewish family, you can go to grandparents' house and celebrate Christmas with them and not have your children get confused that are they also Christian? You know, like it, it can be both, you can, you can, it doesn't have to be confusing. You know what I mean? Like you can right. participate without saying this is a part of who I am necessarily. Or like the faith that Right. This isn't necessarily faith that like we have. Right, right, right. Practices. But all that being said, if. TBD. If, yeah, TBD. And, you know, Judaism is was so very important to Zach when we got married. So, so if he wants it to continue it to be important, he'll take the lead with our children. Amazing. He can bring them to synagogue and. I'll go on my bike ride and it's fine. And you meet back up after. Right. Actually, there's so many different ways it can look. So many ways. Yeah. And it's also like one of those things of like not like who knows. Like it can look so different. It can look it different can every year. Like, it can look different every day. You can be – I had a friend who she's like my four kids were given to me for a reason and uh-huh. like they are my uh-huh. – I'm learning from them. They're her spiritual teachers. Yes. yes. And she – it can be the same for you guys that it was like this little nugget could fly out of the world and totally. be like, hello, here I am. What are, or here's could, what we're learning, right. Or it could be the opposite of like you got to define things and help them learn right. a lesson in this lifetime. Right, right, right. But, and it'll probably be both. And, but yeah, but, that was a fun little tangent. Fun little, fun little tangent. Little ad- additive at the little, end. How long yeah. have we been talking? I don't even know. Does it say? 2,228 measures i don't know there's okay, a way cool. to convert this oh cool well, well i love you I love was there you. anything else that was Thank it you. right i think that was like i can't wait to talk to you about your journey i'm so excited i think it'll be good too yeah so. thanks for starting this podcast i think it's so cool i can't oh. wait to keep listening 
It's gonna be and great. you're on Spotify, which is Spotify, legit. Spotify, God bless. So legit. Um, but it's on, hopefully going to be iTunes soon, working on that. So Amazing. Fingers crossed. But Spotify. Um, so, Yay. yeah, that's that. Love and you. Let's go do you. some soul cycle. Let's do soul cycle. And yeah. we'll see you on the flip side, y'all. Bye.